So just because you leave your corporate job and you're doing something, if you're not setting your intentions right and finding where that purpose, passion, and skill collide, it's pretty easy to fall into the same exact situation, if not worse. Everybody. Greetings, Earthlings. Hello. Hello. You have a fake eyelash on your cheek. Oh, Don't make a. Anytime anyone points out a fake eyelash on my face, I'm like, do not touch it. Do not make a wish. I'm like, that's 50 cents. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I know. It's literally 50 cents. It's literally 50 cents. <laughs> and don't, yeah, don't make a wish on that shit. I don't know where it came from. It's like, no, I think it still counts. Yeah. It's like, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, the, dude, it was crazy. Me and um, Kylie, who does our lashes at LA Lash, mm-hmm. uh, non-sponsored, we were talking ghost stories the other day. It was- She's super intuitive. Super. Yeah, I had- It's crazy. Dude, because I had no idea though. Like we usually talk about like her tradesy addiction <laughs> like, or like the Gucci sunglasses she bought her boyfriend. And she like goes on about like, oh, she goes, I'm so tired. Or I, It was right after I got back from Australia. So I was like, I'm so tired, but I should push through. Or I was like, should I go to bed or push through to to mm-hmm. a normal bedtime to try and get back on schedule? And she's like, you should push through, which was annoying because I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to. But anyway, so she's <laughs> Not like- Not the I'm, answer I wanted. I know, but two people gave me the answer I didn't want. It pissed mm. me off. Um, and she's like, well, I'm so tired too, you know, because uh, spirits are visiting me at night when I'm vulnerable. I'm like, what? Like, oh, it was- yeah. So I was so confused. I'm like, yo, like we literally talk about your Fashion Nova addiction <laughs> I was regularly. Like, and you're you have turquoise hair with like rhinestones in your nails. I literally love you so much, <laughs> but I just didn't expect it. Like, mm-hmm. I know she's intuitive and she's the coolest and she's so she's everything. But I was just like, whoa. And then we just went on. Yeah. She said I'm trying to think what she said to me. It was she almost says stuff about what I'm about to say. Dude, I was like, you know that I'm on this tip right now? Yeah. She's Yo. like, she'll be like, Yo. she'll be like, oh, like he lost his mom, right? And I'm like, huh? Yeah. Did I say that before? She's like, no, I just knew. I was like, oh. okay, put another lash on. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, that's the thing. Amazing. Like I was like in there and she's like, yeah, they visited me at night. And I was like, yo, how do you know I've been on like a dark... Mm thing right like not like being dark but just like on a little thing and I was just like what this is so weird and then she was telling me all these fucking ghost stories one of the stories was uh, was her dad bought this house so Mm -hmm. did you hear that one no okay uh in Laguna and um the people in the house before left really abruptly they got divorced the people in the house before left really abruptly they got divorced I think 
it was also close to a cemetery, but I'm not sure. But they lived in this house and she said that it had the weirdest energy. She's like, you could like cut a knife, but it was beautiful and it was so affordable and it's in Laguna, you know? So you're mm-hmm. like, okay. And um, she said that, you know, every once in a while the lights would flicker off. And then um, there was a few other weird things that would happen. Um, the grandma stayed over to watch the dog mm-hmm. and said that the like alarm kept going off in the middle of the night at the same exact time, even when she would unplug it from the wall. So the alarm would go off at the same exact time. So then she was done. She's like, this place is too weird. I'm not going to stay here. One time Kylie was like in bed and she was like having sex with her boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and um, like the lights flicked on in the middle of mm-hmm. like everything, like from nothing happening. And the, um, dad always used to say that things would happen to him at night. Like he would feel like someone was pressing into his, his room. Um, and the neighbors one time said that they're like, Oh, you know, I didn't know you guys were working on the house when you were away. Cause he was away. Cause they saw a man in his room and the dad was like, you know, there should not be a man in my room. There's no man in my room. So there'd be this man that would always be in his room and the dog that they had, the, the dad really loved the dog. He loved the dog so much. And the dog started to get very sick and he would, he's had some, he got some sort of cancer. He was always whimpering and whining all the time. And then, um, there was one day that the dad came home from being away for maybe, you know, just the day and, or no, this is what happened. And then, so they saw the man in the window and then the neighbors said that when he was away one time, there was a man in their backyard by the pool. And he was like, I, we're not here. There shouldn't be a man by the pool. So there was a man by the pool. And there was another time by the pool when the contractor that was at the house was cleaning or was like working on the house and took a picture of the pool because they were good friends. And he was like, Oh, to his daughter, he sent it to his daughter was like, we're going to come play in the pool sometime. Like you will really love it. They look at the picture and there's literally an outline of a man by the pool. Oh, this like dark shadowy figure. And this is what sold the deal or made them move. The dad came home after a long day of work, whatever. And the dog was at the bottom of the pool. I think, I think spirits, um, first, like dogs are super intuitive. Animals in general are super intuitive and like they're very pure in their energy. So I was living in a, in a house that was what I realized was haunted, um, with my friends a couple years ago and their dogs slowly started to get super, super sick. Like, like out of the blue, they were old, but like this type of sickness was like, violent. We'd come home and they were like face down on the ground, like slobbering everywhere, like laying in their own throw up. Like it was the craziest thing. One of the dogs ended up dying, but those, the cleaning ladies that we had followed me to this place for like one or two cleanings. And they said it was, she's like that house. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, that house, like bad spirits. And I was like, Oh really? I was like, I felt something that it just was kind of dark. And you've been in that, in that house mm-hmm. and I'm, you probably felt it, but then she said it followed me here. <laughs> and that was when 
I mean, it gets a little kooky, kooky, but she like took photos of me during this like weird water seance. <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> and she like, there. I, my eyes were closed and I was sitting on the floor and there was like glasses of clear water around the room or whatever. She's like, I want to clear this space. And I was just like, yep, clear the space. Mm-hmm. And she took a photo. I hear click, 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 like on her phone, like, ching, ching. I'm like, she's taking photos of me. What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And she's like, come here. And she like takes the photo. She zooms in like 35 times, like so, so close mm-hmm. to my hair. And it's like the, swear to God, the outline of the profile of Lucifer. Isn't that so weird? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I then fired them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm good on all that. I was like, uh, okay. But it was just weird that it definitely was the out, outline of Lucifer. Swear to God, she zoomed in I so quickly. She it. knew. Anyway, but with with the animal thing, I, I mean, that is like, I think they go for the animals. It's almost like a message. It's almost like a I conduit of their. I think they have the defenses too. Yeah. You know, I don't think animals know how totally. to. I don't think they differentiate. You know, between. Mm human and and whatever so but yeah i mean that yeah that there's no way that's anything's following you now fuck i know yeah milana said there was like she's like this room has a little bit of a weird energy mm. our office room so now you know i'm freaking out 24 <laughs> 7 did she she cleared she, she didn't clear so i have to clear okay. um because justin came home so he was in there and i it was already like weird shit you know like, yeah we i know. already like just being weird. So you're already like naked on the ground, rolling around. <laughs> Literally, I was candles like, everywhere. You're covered like, in candles. Hey, babe, bawling my eyes out like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with like her being like, go to that home. <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, I just want to play Red Dead. And then, like, I'm like, we, I was thinking, I was like, is Justin coming home? Is he gonna like partake? He came home, yeah, because we of course chatted for an hour. Yeah. As you do. Um, with and Milana, then, you know, RBS. started our session. Um, and I was like, yo, there's no way. Cause we, we did it late. We did it at like 8.30 last night. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was crazy. Did you feel good when she left? It was really interesting. She did the session and we started and she's like, I've actually only had this happen one other time. Like every single one of your chakras was open working. Mm-hmm. And so I actually didn't know what to do with you. She's like, I, I really didn't have anything to do. Which surprised mm. me because I feel like since I've been having such indecision lately mm. and kind of not confidence in like my, just, I guess being not confident about, you know, certain decisions that I'm making or whatever, mm-hmm. which isn't really like me. So I was surprised to hear that, but she's like, so I actually had to ask spirit to tell me what to do with you because I really didn't have anything to do. Um, so we just really like up leveled and we really just like worked on, you know, a few other dimensions of you and mm-hmm. like expanding your container um, and everything like that. So that's kind of what we worked on. It was just so good. It felt really good to just, you know, let a good cry out. Mm-hmm. There's just, nothing more healing. Yeah. And just talking to her, like, you know, it's like talking to you, but it's just nice to talk to people that understand, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I feel like because we're evolving so quickly, you know, because I'm evolving so quickly, it's like, I sometimes don't feel like I can relate to everyone. And I feel like sometimes it's hard to, um, be this way, you know, Mm. and have normal conversations and feel like, not like I know so much because now I know that I don't know anything. Um, but it's just gets challenging sometimes to relate on general things or things that, you know, normal people do. It's like the negative thing, you know, most people, oh, the weather sucks. It's too hot, you know, or like, 
you know, talk about the negative, what's going on in politics mm-hmm. or whatever, um, which there's a time and place for that. And, you know, small talk is really important to like start conversations, whatever, but it's just challenging when you see things very differently, you know? So it was like nice to talk to someone about that and kind of like have a conversation about that. I think too, like I, like we know nothing, but oftentimes we're t- majority of the time we're talking to people who think they know a lot. Yes. So it, that's, what's challenging. I don't think it's that like, yes. When yes. they don't know anything either. Yes. Yeah. So. That's exactly it. You know, and it was like after coming, being with my family, you know, for 10 days and, you know, it, it like, of course, like love them. And my sister, you know, was one of my closest friends, but it's just like, I have such a different mentality now and I have such a different way of like operating. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of even working through that and accepting that and kind of letting the old person that I was go, you know, so like you were, you know, I think it's different, you know, and similar in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but so, yeah, it's just, it was just refreshing to kind of like, feel like I could just freely say whatever I was actually truly thinking instead of like, you know, manipulating in my head, like, okay, so they are saying this. So how can I gently say what I feel and not offend them? And, you know, hopefully it'll impact them and it'll make them feel happy and it'll be positive. You know what I mean? Cause I want to like, like my dad, for an example, you know, when we're on our trip and he's talking about like, like he just has all these fucking facts. Like it's just all these like damn facts about shit. And he's just like talking about like war facts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dad, why do you love war so much? Like war is like about killing people, you know? Mm-hmm. So how do I like think about kind of like making him privy to the fact that he's so obsessed with history and all these things. And it's like, it's really just like really negative and like, we don't even know it's true. So whatever. Yeah. 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 I think about, I mean, it's almost like what is, how much energy is it worth to put in when, but I, but like they are worth my energy and time at the same time. So I'm, it's just a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Cause honestly, especially with parents and family, I think too, like about what was it Natalie who said, like we, mm-hmm. we are kind of, I've probably been the mom in the family before, mm-hmm. like in different lives and yeah. stuff. So like in this lifetime, like we are meant to teach each other lessons. So mm-hmm. like if I have a hard conversation with my dad, I usually don't and avoid it, but like maybe I'm supposed to be teaching him a lesson, totally. you know? So you having that conversation with your dad, it's like, maybe there was like a little part of him that was like, oh, she's probably, she's he does. Right. He do, it is weird. Like, it's like, no one's ever said that to him. Mm. You know, like when Trump was elected, like his, like my uncle is um, gay and has had a partner for 35 years. Mm. And in Ohio? Um, no, he lives in DC. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he grew up in Ohio mm-hmm. and that's my dad's brother. And so I was like, do you know that like Trump is not a supporter of like homosexuality? He's not a supporter of your brother. And I was like, and frankly, he's not a supporter of me as a woman and the rights that I want to have, you know? And it was Mm -hmm. like, he'd never thought about that before, you know? And it was kind of just, it felt good to kind of just plant the seed, you Mm -hmm. know, always just planting the seed. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was just like a great session. Now I need to clean my apartment though. I need to sage every fucking corner. Yeah, what did she recommend for- Gotta sage every corner and gotta like say whatever's here should be here for the highest and greatest good. Da-da-da-da. I'm like, yo, who brought this fucker in here? Yeah, that couple before, 
right? Maybe, yeah. But I'm like, yo, you should be gone. Like, you know what I mean? I but thought, you are, you're, I you're gone. You're someone who like they would want to attach to because yeah. you're you're light. Well, I, and you're, I am, but I'm you know really strong. No, you are strong. And they don't want me anymore. <laughs> Too light. <laughs> They're scared of me. I was like standing in the middle of our our office room, and Justin's mm-hmm. literally playing Red Dead. You're like, these are conflicting forces. Yes. And then I have, I have both palms like facing the corners and I'm like trying to like do like Tai Chi woo, woo saw. I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like picturing swirls coming out of my hands, like cleaning the entire room. And Justin's like, oh my God. (laughs) And I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm literally just like making Mm -hmm. shit up. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, magic. (laughs) It's gonna work. Okay. Amy Jo Martin's on the podcast oh, today. Sweet Amy Jo. <laughs> it was so nice. She came over with her husband. The two of them are darling. Darling. So in love, live in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way to do. Yeah. I'm so jealous. That is the way to do. Yeah. She is just so kind, so smart. You know, she's um, really changed the game for, for women and for, by creating a path for herself that not a lot of people have done. Um, and we really look up to her and we are so grateful for her knowing her, you know, and Susie Batiz very well. It just feels like a really natural match just because she's such a grounded, wholesome, thoughtful, smart, uh, person. And we just couldn't be more excited to share her with you. And she also has a podcast. Why not now? Mm-hmm. Um, major. Yeah. She believes the world will be a better place if more people ask themselves, why not now? And, um, we were actually on her show as well. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, you know, our story and so many of your stories as well. It's just like a lot of people ask like, so how did you do it? Yep. And we're like, you just did it. Like you literally just did it. She just figured it out along the way. Yeah. But us too. I mean, like we just, we did it, you Mm -hmm. know, obviously there's things you can do, but it's, it's the doing of it that gets it done. Amy Jo is the, also the author of New York Times bestselling book, Renegades Write the Rules. Um, And she's worked with big names like The Rock and Shaquille O'Neal, helping them humanize their brands online through a company that she founded years ago in 2009 called Digital Royalty. And recently she left the company to pursue her career in speaking and coaching, which she does incredibly well and has worked with a lot of our super successful friends. And she's just a blast. Yeah, she is a blast. We are so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Um, if you love it, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world. And then thank you so much for writing and review, writing a review on iTunes. Um, we really appreciate it. And it really helps us to bring on amazing guests each, each week. Um, and if you haven't heard, we have our Your Podcast Pro now live. Um, so you can go to yourpodcastpro.com. We'll talk about it more in the outro, but we would love to have you join us for our six-week program starting January 6th. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. So I historically went to school for marketing and and it's weird. I always developed like a crush on certain brands when I was little. So amazing. I feel like it's like six degrees of separation. (laughs) I feel like it's yeah, like me. It's like me, Mark Cuban, and just Tony Robbins, and then Amy. It's a little like that. I don't. I don't. I feel the same. It's a great lineup. Danica Bryshaw. Yeah. This natural 
progression of, I think people actually want to know you. Mm. Everybody knows about Shaq, but who's Shaquille? Mm-hmm. And what can you tell them? Give them a glimpse behind the curtain. So, mm. And how much should you share then? You know, like what is a, is a line that you should draw with sharing? Because you want to be human, but you also don't, I mean, this is my personal opinion. You don't want to like give it all. Yeah. It's a, everybody's line is a little different, mm-hmm. I think. And it's having, after leaving the Suns and creating my company and working with a lot of various executives, one of the biggest questions is, I don't want to blend my personal world and my business world. I'm like, it's 2018 or whatever. You're going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it's not like this stuff is paparazzi. You have full control, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't ever want to talk about your family or your lifestyle or something, you can still be successful. You do have to connect at some human element though, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody's line is is a little different. Mm-hmm. I think we're in the year of vulnerability right now. Yeah. That word I know gets what so do you think overused. Well, my personal experience was, you know, having never had the spotlight and then have more than a million people following me mm-hmm. on social. It was a f- really interesting time because what I did was social, I had a social mm-hmm. agency. And so I was sharing kind of play by play of what I was doing. And I started to tell a story that I thought people wanted to hear. Mm. And the outside started to become unaligned with the inside. And it wasn't that this wasn't really happening. It was all happening. But I started to live out that storyline that I thought was what I was supposed to be doing or Mm. sharing. And, you know, when you talk about personal brands, sometimes I think it gets a little dangerous Mm -hmm. because brands... And logos are static and they aren't alive and we are and we're humans and humans are messy. And so we try to paint this beautiful, perfect picture, obviously. Uh, and it's easy for that brand to elbow out the real you. And so it took a long time for me to recalibrate. That was kind of the beginning of a lot of like, holy shit, mm-hmm. something's off here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What was the story that you were telling that wasn't aligned? So I was, you know, company was growing, first time entrepreneur, mm-hmm. riding that, you know, flying, just thinking that like life was amazing. And yeah. it, it was technically mm-hmm. huge opportunities, big clients, whatever, writing the New York Times bestselling book, doing all these things. And from the outside looking in, it looked really great. Mm-hmm. Like I told because it just was you know, flying private with all these celebrities, right? And the inside, it just had no purpose. Mm. I was like, I've got a major purpose problem because that became so fleeting. And I was just chasing this carrot, Mm. averaging four hours of sleep a night, 210 flights in one year, and um, complete burnout, complete just bankruptcy, emotional bankruptcy. Yeah, it was a... It was a tough moment, Mm. a season. What was that (laughs) moment where you're like, this isn't working? There was a moment I was at the JFK airport. And oftentimes, you know, you're somewhere and when you travel a lot, you look at the departure board and you're like, I can't really remember where I'm going next. Mm -hmm. And then you figure it out. So I'm standing there. I couldn't remember where I was standing, which city. And I couldn't remember where I was going. I finally figured it out. Then I walked over to this Starbucks to fuel up, right? Because I had very little sleep. 
and I went to pay and sign the debit card slip, and I forgot my name. It took me way longer than it should have to mm. remember what my name was. Mm. And I put, it gives me chills even thinking about it. I put the pen down. I walked over to like this chair and just started the tears. Aww. Just like, what the heck did I do Aww. here? Yeah. But everybody thought it was so amazing, you know, and mm. even investors. And I know. You know, you start, you get those generating seven figures in a couple of years and then the valuation of eight figures and it's like, whoa, and you just can't stop adrenaline mm-hmm. and the fume. And and it was complete opposite behind the scenes for me. Marriage started to fall apart, mm-hmm. friendships. Mm-hmm. I was rough around the edges, bulldog, just thought I had to get shit done yeah. and keep plowing. Didn't know when to make things happen versus let them happen. I just made them. And so it was a... Huge humbling season. Mm. Were you, um, what was like your spiritual life like back then? Like, and how did that change as you kind of tried to, you know, find ground and find purpose? It's a great question. Um, there wasn't much really. I mean, I had, I had coaches and, but it was all for business. You know, I didn't Mm, really don't have any formal religion that's, super consistent mm-hmm. in my life, but always considered myself spiritual, but I really wasn't practicing anything. And so during this recalibration season, learning to meditate, which started really simple several years ago, and then eventually graduated. And now I do TM. Um, gratitude, we always heard about it and we know it's important and all that stuff. But I think I realized it's a life strategy legitimately it's not just be grateful it's like no this is this is a strategy it can totally change your life so just kind of getting quiet and listening and sleeping and yeah um yeah and trying to shut down some of the noise i went and moved on to a boat for a year wow <laughs> you guys yeah oh my god <laughs> learned to captain and um cool it was a it was a humbling season though because you know I always measured my metric for success was business and productivity and mm-hmm. yeah that's that doesn't really matter if you don't have your health and your relationships and all that jazz so were you just like so you left the MBA right and then you started your own business and was mm-hmm. it just like you saw all this money coming in and you're like oh my god and you just got swept up in it and the work. You know, it wasn't even the money. I wouldn't yeah. say I've been very financially motivated yeah. at all. I grew up living in a trailer home. We mm-hmm. moved around. The wow. I never really thought mm-hmm. I needed a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the adrenaline, I became addicted mm-hmm. to adrenaline. So I thought I was just going to design my own day. I didn't want to build a big agency necessarily. Mm-hmm. I just thought she kills my first client. I'll, you know, go, no idea, first time mm-hmm. entrepreneur and then. Ended up having, you know, employees in 10 different countries and the adrenaline is really what I was addicted to. Totally. It was like the next thing. Mm -hmm. What's next? Mm -hmm. What's next? And the pace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was so annoying. How did it it like physically manifest? Mm. Oh my goodness. Because I can imagine like your adrenals are shot. Totally shot. And um, 
On top of that, I wasn't eating hardly at all. I was trying to keep up and look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Body image has always been a a challenge. Mm -hmm. Not sleeping, cocktailing plenty, stress. You that's a hurricane for disaster. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Hurricane yes. for disaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what? <laughs> it's headed it just, for disaster. <laughs> it just, yeah, yeah. It just came out. Hurricanes totally for disaster. Ch- channeled that great, great line there. Um, but what was fascinating is I um, was at the doctor and just had my normal checkup thing. And my doctor found a lump the size of a golf ball in my breast. And wow. I didn't even know that was possible. Like what? And I was like, what? And she's like, we need immediately to get a biopsy, immediately this and that. And then they started doing my blood work. It was all off and wacky because I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating, whatever. And um, they were concerned it was cancer. And I didn't have time for this. Yeah, That's literally. what. That's how I felt. I was wow. like, I'm supposed to fly out. Da, da, da. I don't. And my poor assistant was just trying to get me to these appointments and it was like a wild goose chase to try and figure it out. They ended up removing it was not cancerous and thank goodness. Um, but it was a wake up call for sure. Cause I, yeah, just your priorities, you know, the fact that you didn't even like take the time or like slow down to feel a golf ball size lump. Mm, That's right. wow. Wow, wow, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So out of, out of touch. Mm. Yeah. But what's interesting is someone was just saying, so now, you know, you're really into self-care and we both know, we all know Susie, obviously Mm -hmm. she's been a huge guide in my life in terms of realizing what's important and how to do things and this thing called intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think I almost swung from one side of the pendulum to the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm a self-care queen now. And mm. like, that's just not me. I'll probably never be yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That, And it's okay to find your own pace, mm. right? And calibrate. Definitely. And mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we glorify one side or the other. And it's like, no. And then like shame mm-hmm. everyone in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's like such a popular word right now. Self-care it is, phrase, it? I guess. So popular. Everyone's talking about it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like good. We That's just have to thought. be careful. Yeah. Too. Because mm-hmm. it's not a, like certain parts of self-care aren't accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes like this way to like kind of separate yourself too. Yeah. Which is interesting. But also too, it's almost, there is that part of it. And then there's also the part of it that's like eating pizza and watching Netflix is self-care quotes around that. And it's like, I don't know, just defining it. It's mm-hmm. like, is that? Because I do, at some times it is. Mm-hmm. For sure. Sometimes you need to chill and you need to disconnect, but sometimes that's not. Yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? Sometimes that kind of thing isn't, is numbing and is not like actually self-care. So there's just, it's yeah. such an interesting world out there. How was it leaving the NBA? Were you scared to start your own business? Like, what was that like? Were you like, for people I've, that have jobs and stuff and want to start on their own? Right, right. Like explore that. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. It was scary. I mean, I had never. I wasn't one of those people that thought I'd become an entrepreneur and Mm. had lemonade stands all the time and stuff. I just didn't. I don't have that story. (laughs) I was working on it. There was a side hustle going on before that term existed. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, that's what I was doing. I was side hustling. (laughs) I did it too. Um, And. It was just this, it was like this wave of opportunity started to come. 
and I knew I needed to act now. And it wasn't as much of, should I do this? It was, I have to do this right now. And right now, meaning there was this wave of, of, and, and interest around social communication and what it could do for brands. And they were looking for solutions. And a lot of the things that I was doing with Shaquille was they were hitting ESPN and the New York Times. And this, like, the opportunity was there to jump. Um, but it was freaky. Yeah, I remember being in my car, like driving away from the parking garage and just thinking, I just left a really great job behind. And oh, shit, you know, am I going to mm-hmm. be able to do this? Mm-hmm. And am I a fraud? And... So that's pretty normal, but it was a, that, that leap I'm so grateful for because even though the level of risk was, you know, wherever on the the Richter scale, now I find myself doing things that are much riskier, but they aren't as scary because of that first one. Mm. And so it's like, it just gives you a baseline. It's like, oh gosh, yeah, this actually isn't that scary, (laughs) but yeah. Fear is a muscle. Yeah. You know, you just have to work it. You have to like do things that build up till things are not scary. Mm-hmm. Cuz something for you at one point could seem fear- scary. Yeah. Mhm. But after you do it a few times it's not and then you can like build up. And you one up yourself and you keep leveling up your your fear threshold 100%. totally. So when you find yourself like kind of in this like new Almost, I, I can imagine that it felt almost like dark for a second where you're like, where do I go next? Like you kind of had your ideas. Maybe tell me about like how your mind works. Like creatively, do you get a lot of ideas and how do you pick which ones to follow? I think it's, I'm basically asking for myself because it's a struggle for me when I have a lot of ideas and then it's like, which one do I do now? Or which one do I focus on today or give energy to? Mm-hmm. Um, right now in order to either build the brand or, you know, expand the following or put more of myself out there. Like how um, do you kind of distinguish? It's like when does kind of stop dating an idea and then commit or double exactly. down. <laughs> exactly. Like you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's good to date though. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a, someone that he's an awesome entrepreneur and he talks about dating ideas all the time of what mm. he's been very successful in a lot of different areas. And he's, anyway, so that's good, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I have this, having gone through this purpose problem phase, and I was like, I really need to get this under control because there's a point where you're always going to have droughts in your passion. It just, some days you're not as passionate, period. Sometimes your passions change. That purpose really will sustain us through mm-hmm. those droughts. It's like, okay, that's what's going to get you through that you know, down period. And so I always say where purpose, passion, and skill collide, bliss resides. So my goal is to live in that intersection because when we do, it, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think of the, the different things that you have going on and you're trying to decide where to double down, maybe just start to think through those three buckets, purpose, passion, and skill. And our skills, some days we feel more confident than others. Sometimes our skills change. Same with our passions. Our purpose and our why or your higher objective belief, that usually is fairly consistent. So if you can come back to that, that's going to sustain and serve you like really well. Mm. I just actually was talking to Susie Batiste about this question. And of course, she's 
she will say if it's resonant, if it mm-hmm. turns you on, if it, if you feel alive when you're doing a certain thing more so than another. And it's hard to, I think, sometimes block out the outside opinions because the world wants us to live in our zone of excellence and what you're good at. Yeah. And mm. that doesn't mean that you are enjoying it or as passionate about it, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like earmuffs. How do people even find passions? I feel like a lot of people in our group have jobs, but they don't even know where to find a passion, mm. you know, or an outlet. Yeah, I think that's a great, it's a very common challenge because mm-hmm. um, we get stuck and there's only so much time in the day. So mm-hmm. It's like, okay, where am I going to make time for this new passion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it start, for me, it starts with curiosity. Mm. And and you follow these little morsels of curiosity. It's like, mm-hmm. I really always wondered, um, you know, why X, Y, Z? Or recently I've gotten back into... Um, to water skiing. I used to water ski when I was little. Cool. Didn't expect that. I know, <laughs> random. But, and, and my husband's always surfed. He's from Australia. And then we started wake surfing together. Cool. And it's Wait, so, so that's fun. without the. Yeah, it's behind a boat. But without the. And then the, you, um, when thing. you get good enough, you throw the rope into the cool. boat. But wow. what's fascinating is we started doing this. And I swear my mindset changed 360 with everything yeah. I was doing. I was like on business friendships. It, it was like something triggered and happened. I was just talking to another friend who lives here in LA who started doing dance classes and I'm actually going to join her tomorrow. I'm excited. Mm. But she said the same thing happened with her. She's got an awesome business and she was kind of, you know, there was a bit of a drought just mm-hmm. with passion and she started dancing and all of a sudden her business just, it's amazing how, mm. I don't know. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. It turned something on. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's almost like this, the part of you that doesn't think so much. And totally. it's just like the part of you that just wants to experience like mm. joy without like judgment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you're just like dancing, like I love, mm-hmm. where are you going to dance by the way? I know, I was just you know? thinking that. LA Fit or something. Cool. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I need a class LA by TT moment. Fit? Oh, yeah. After yesterday, mm. we had an interview. We were talking about the class by TT and I was like, I need one of those. The but world needs that, yeah. but I need that too. She hadn't danced since she was like super young. So Love she's that. been going for a year and a half now. They do routines that they learn over time and then they perform in front of like 300 yes. people. That's so cool. In the city, like in wow. somewhere in Venice or Santa Monica. And she's just cool. rad. And That's she showed me video so cool. and she's like, she doesn't even wear a ponytail and her hair is flying. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Amazing. That speaks to me. I love that. And there's something, well, I think it's interesting too, the physicality of, of both of those. I think that there is something to um, passions that you can find or develop online or on the internet. Obviously, you know, you believe that or with people, but I think that there is something to moving energy within your body through something like surfing or dancing or singing Mm -hmm. or something like that. There's just really something to a movement of energy tied to um, getting in the zone when you're doing something like that. So I always think that, yeah, I just feel like I'm most inspired when I am do something that when I am doing something that involves movement. Same. You know? Yeah. Physiologically, I mean, mm-hmm. there's plenty of science behind it too, right? Yeah. That we operate better and I have a treadmill desk at home. Oh, you do? And what speed do you do that on? It only goes up to 4.0. Okay. Which is plenty when you're typing and- 100%. You can only do like 
Wait, what does that look like? Just a little treadmill under a desk? It's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And I notice just how different my brain works uh, when I am on wow. there. Even if you're walking pretty slow one. on a conference call or something. Mm-hmm. I actually had a dream last night that I was jumping on a trampoline. So we need to set up our trampoline. I was literally Ooh. just thinking about Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It, I, it was bad though. In my dream, I got the big trampoline. I was like, oops. <laughs> oops, got to put it in the office. Yeah, literally, because we've been wanting a trampoline to just like between interviews and stuff to like get a little bounce, bounce, uh-huh. kind of get the blood flowing. So. Absolutely. There's those chairs too. Um, oh, the bounce. The- yep. They're... I don't forget what they're called, but I know. Do you wow. Know? The only thing is like when <laughs> you record, that cute, but I, no, I mean, no one hates that more than me <laughs> for, the, for any audio though. You probably wouldn't want to do all your yeah, recording true. because of me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so good for creativity and oh. they've done research and stuff around people who just sit in chairs and brainstorm. Like, uh, it's not mm-hmm. a good place to be. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember when I was at my, um, corporate job. I used to like at my desk. Sometimes I'd sit like on my, I sit on my knees sometimes. Cause I don't like sitting on my butt. So I'd sit on my knees. And then I went to Detroit and there was like another girl that was like doing it. And she's like, isn't this what everyone's doing in LA? I was like, <laughs> I was like, no one's doing that in LA, but me. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's like a good thing, but I just like, can't sit for your back. Yeah. yeah. It's just my back. And I don't know. I don't like it. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. Something like it. <laughs> it's another one of my things. I just don't like it. I don't want to flatten my ass anymore. That's what I'm basically trying to say. <laughs> um, okay. So you, you started with Shaq and then how did you build out your network of clients? Like you have such an amazing network. How do you build a network like that? How do you maintain those high caliber relationships with people like that you can call on, that you can lean on? How does How do you do that? You know, it's... It's a good question. I don't know that I had a super solid intention or strategy for doing this by any means. However, I think, you know, trust was huge. So when you're working with people like uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson or whoever, and they've got a million people coming to them all the time and social media and helping them with their strategy and brands is such a personal thing, right? You can't go through just the agent for that or some manager or publicist. Like It's working directly with these individuals. So developing that rapport that you you have something to offer and you have a value um, and making sure that your intentions are really clear. I, I know that sounds so basic, but mm-hmm. it's actually, you know, you can get swept up in that world pretty easily and it's um it just even brands and networking for me is just a term that I hate <laughs> you know what I mean so I don't think of it as like a physical like an actual activity where I go out and network mm-hmm. um but if you're constantly thinking about how you can bring other people value it's and and be not just out of wanting something back but intentionally yeah. and, and truly wanting to help them, Mm. like your network will appear. I also think like you would stand out if you are coming from that place because they're kind of having bullshit fed to them 75% of the time. So like, yeah. What is it like working with people like The Rock, like Shaq, who, I don't know if they have a wall up, but it's like you, you have to be kind of a gatekeeper of your life. Like, who do I let in? Who do I trust? Like, do they want, 
to work with me just for my money? Do they want, do they actually like value who I am as a person? Like, what is that like being on the inside? Mm -hmm. It's an interesting just lifestyle in general, because these people work very, very hard and they have very little time. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of almost like, I feel like when you get to a certain level, you operate without a lot of the BS and drama. Like you've mm-hmm. just found ways to, it. you don't have time. You literally just don't have time for it. I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of these people are extremely efficient, right? And they've found ways to make sure that they're doing what they want to be doing and nothing else. And mm-hmm. so uh, there are a lot of other people around them doing all those mm-hmm. other things, mm-hmm. you know? I guess it's what's kind of cool too, though, is they're just people. I know. Mm -hmm. They really are. It's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they have their own struggles and fair share of things. So uh, what we see on social is, is the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. Do you, so if you were, so when working with the rock, so what what do you do? You're like, you sit down with them. You're like, how do you want to be perceived? What do you want to share? Like, what's that like to, to start to build the brand? And any advice for our listeners that are entrepreneurs or starting to build their own brand? Like what would you suggest to them as they are doing that? Sure. And actually it's kind of a funny story how I met DJ. He was through a mutual client or a mutual friend client. um, And he said, so Dana White, the Mm -hmm. head of the UFC was my client. And he said, Amy Jo, I want you to meet um, The Rock. He's going to be at this event tonight that I was working at because the client was my client was UFC so I'm like okay cool and I busy whatever and he texts he's like come down to the octagon right now I'm with the rock and and I thought in my head I don't I didn't know who the rock was (laughs) I thought it was Nicolas Cage from the movie the rock somehow (laughs) and you're like where's Nick yeah and I was like (laughs) you're like hello sir where's Nick (laughs) just not yeah and so it wasn't him so I met Dwayne Johnson and I was like hey nice to meet you and Dana's like, you got to get on this social media stuff. It's it's going to help you with your brand da, 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 and she'll help you. And he's like, oh, I'm a private man. I don't do social media. I'm not doing social. It's like, that's cool. Like, I'm busy. See you later. Nice to meet you, whatever. And several months later, I get this message from The Rock. <laughs> and it's that guy again. Yeah. Anyway, he was ready to go. And that was when people have to obviously do it on their own time, but he is such a diverse, um, and this is applicable to everyone. What's really helped Dwayne be successful with social is that he is always focused on who he is and sharing who he is and why he's doing what he's doing Mm. versus what he's doing. Because if he just talked Uh, about what he's got this diverse audience of, you know, Disney movies and shoot him up fighter movies and, athletics and inspiration and working out and and you can't resonate with everyone at the same time if you're just talking about what you're doing and so when people ask you know what are some of your tips for building a personal brand it's getting really clear about what your value is and making sure it's diversified to a point to where you're not always talking about the same thing that you're doing and showing other aspects of yourself and really humanizing yourself Mm. Um, because, you know, we all have that radar and that decoder as we're scrolling through 
And we know, okay, this person's trying to sell me something again, or they're talking about X, Y, Z again, or they're not being real. And it's just so easy to get lost in that sea of sameness. Mm. So as an example, if I had to post a picture of myself drinking coffee and I wanted to post it because <laughs> I like it, what would I do to make it more? So what would be, they'd be like, hi guy. Like would I say, I'm drinking this coffee. Why? Or like, how would I make that an, a valuable post? <laughs> It'd be interesting to know what else was going through your mind at the time. And maybe for something like that, you should be very honest. Be very clear. Hello. Talk about the fair trade coffee. Yes. I've been on a coffee kick lately, guys. This is why. But thinking through, has something happened in your day that you know someone else is going through that Mm. you want to say... First of all, I just really like this cup, this picture of this mm-hmm. cup of coffee. And secondly, da da da. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But just trying to inject something of value, mm. like we were saying, you know, 2018 is like the year of vulnerability. Yeah. And sometimes I kind of cringe because you don't have to just share everything yeah. in order to resonate with people. And and if you do want to, great, you should. But I think people are kind of trying to overcorrect and it's like okay what can I talk about that's going wrong in my life right now so I can click with people and just be you don't overcook it yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like that a lot I feel like there is like my posts where I am feeling it do the best (laughs) (laughs) but and that's I was being like hey I love my life right now and it's like I mean people are very supportive and awesome and I have received a lot of love like when I quit my job it was amazing. And I'm so grateful, but I definitely, when people, when I'm sharing something that's kind of more emo, people definitely reply. And that's great. Yeah. Cause you're doing it from a pure intention. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to feel it though. So it's like, it's few and far in between, but I do always wonder with like the impermanence of it. That's just my thing is I'm like, well, one second I'm feeling depressed and I, hate my body. But then the next I'm like, I am fine as hell, you know? So it's like, okay, what if I post that one day and the next day I feel fine. Then people assume that I have this thing because they saw that one post. Mm-hmm. Well, but the space is alive and it moves real time. Yeah. So if they want to look back into the past, then they're going to have to just realize that was you in the past, mm-hmm. even if it was an hour ago. Mm. Like it moves so quickly that people are, mm-hmm. I think really, um, they don't care as much as we think they do. Yeah. So who was Amy Joe before like your stint with the NBA and all of that? Like what how old were you during that time? Um not to talk about age, but it's no, more like I'm, I wanna I'm like trying to kind of tracking late tween, I think teens, I early twenties. Started 20s. working in the NBA around twenty five ish. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like right before that, like early twenties, like where were you? So I was working at an ad agency mm-hmm. and um it was in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Did you go to ASU or did you go to, okay, cool. to ASU? Cool. Do you guys didn't? Was go it a party ASU? school then? Oh my gosh, number one party school in America. Forever and yeah. ever. Voted by Playboy. Yeah, Play forever and ever. Hot. OU was yeah. second. I think my sister but like, went to school. Did you, sweet. Did you have like like pool parties and like pool parties? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I feel like it was just all like because it's so hot. You're out there. Well, no. no. So okay. <laughs> it's what I read in Playboy. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so I grew up in Wyoming, Kansas, small towns, cool. and I was intimidated 
to be honest. I, I was like, I hadn't driven on freeways before, so that was a big deal. Well, and and so I always had this weird thing where I didn't feel like I fit in mm-hmm. because these, it was Land of the Beautiful. I mean, dude, I visited it. How many people? Dude, I visited it. I was like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually like was like got in like a huge fight with Justin, but it was all just because I was like, get me out of here. Oh, really? Yeah, we visited oh, yeah. one of his best friends who was on his seventh year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Between seven Congratulations. and between seven and nine. Oh, and yeah. his um his best friend was dating this girl who had a bat tattoo on her neck. <laughs> um that was like <laughs> bless her. It, she was all anything that you could be, she was. Um, and it was just like they were ga- they had gambling addictions. It was it was wow. too real. It's too real. I was like, we gotta get, we get out of here. Maybe real <laughs> intense. I mean, it was really intense. I was yeah. like, we need to get out of here. And there are like a hundred thousand people that go to the school. I know. How do you fit that it's many a big people? school? It is just hot, man. There's something it's about so being hot. in that direct sun that I'm like, ah, <laughs> big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're at ASU. Yeah, so I graduated from ASU. Okay. I get my first job as an account coordinator at this agency. Dream. And it was a dream and it paid like $3, which was fine. <laughs> yes. And I was like, because I had watched that Jennifer Aniston movie where she's, I forget what's called, but she goes to New York and she works at an ad agency. And like, yeah. I just had this vision. I was mm-hmm. going to go to Madison Ave. Like I was on my way, right? Start in Phoenix. And um, I worked for some, my first clients were professional sports teams in town. So the mm-hmm. NFL Arizona Cardinals and the hockey team, Phoenix Coyotes, so on and so forth. So here I am like, whoa, this is so cool. Mm. It's so exciting. But um, my job revolved around like proofreading things and, mm-hmm. you know, I was an account coordinator. Mm-hmm. But always never the, like got the best grades, but always worked really hard type thing where I think just witnessing my dad and his work ethic and just have a strong tendency to be a workaholic, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of in my blood. Um, and that's my differentiating factor sometimes is my hustle factor. But um, you can overdo that pretty quickly too, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. So seriously, a fine balance. Something you talked about is humanizing your brand. So for people that have brands and businesses, why is it important to humanize your brand? So humans connect with humans, not logos. And so when we create these brands, whether it's a media company, it's a consumer company uh, or product goods company, we get really proud of our logo and we're excited about our brand, rightfully so. It's marketing 101. But I think oftentimes it's easy to hide behind that logo Mm. and let it try and be the connecting touch point with consumers. And people really want to know who's behind there. Who's the voice of authority? Who created it? Why? What did they like? And there's a ton of research that shows your loyalty with your consumer increases tenfold if the founder or CEO of a company of whatever size is present on social media. If if people know they can actually reach out and connect with you versus just the almost 30 touch points, mm-hmm. their affinity, their loyalty, their willingness to convert will rise. I think we know this intuitively, but it's it's something that's easy to kind of forget because there's a lot of competition out there and a logo is not going to have the personality that you do. 
right? Mm. And to find your tribe, you have to be present. Mm. Well, Logo's not going to do that for you. So it's kind of the humans connect with humans. Mm. Love that. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Like we've been doing that from the get-go, thank God. I'm like literally thinking, thank God, because like as we have grown since the beginning and like our dreams of growing, you know, exponentially in the next year, it's it's been like the reason why we've grown and really important to us. But yeah, I, I would imagine that like if you're a CEO, that if you haven't been present to your you know, customers, fans, whatever it is. And then just to jump in and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it -hmm. must be interesting. Have you had to, and I'm sure you have, but can you give us an example of when you've had to like maybe coach a client or um, even yourself on reinventing yourself? So I think some people like Mm -hmm. maybe start their, you know, early on in their lives and they don't know who they are, but then all of a sudden they start to do the work and kind of get to know themselves. So how do you coach them on reinventing? This is like my favorite discussion lately because mm. I think word is out that you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's actually not that hard and you don't have to keep, you know, doing what you're doing and or being defined as who you were. And so I was having a conversation with a friend recently and she referred to it as a redream, which I thought was oh, really cool. cool. I love that. She had a certain dream. She went out and did those things and now she's, completely done with it and wanting to redream and it's Mm. like yeah and then and then you reinvent and rebrand if you want to use those terms whatever semantics but I just recently went through this so after exiting my company and then moving on the boat and being like what the heck am I going to do you know I don't have any interest in working with companies and big clients on social media one-on-one anymore and what what am I going to do? And getting really curious. I know we mm. talked about those passions earlier, but those things that you can't wait to do, like being really mindful and curious about, okay, is there a way I could work this into my day-to-day? Which might seem loft, lofty at times, but it's totally possible. And not over, you know, we talk about rebranding and branding technically is all about the consumer deciding what a brand is. So we actually don't even get to decide necessarily. So if a good way to kind of think about this is you see someone's calling you and you see their name pop up on your phone and you get a like a feeling physiologically mm-hmm. or just a thought. And it's like either super excited to answer, don't want to answer at all, whatever. That's that person's brand. So it's not what they just necessarily want to put out. It's actually what, people think of you. So mm. we actually don't have, we are who we are. So it's different with humans than it is with entities and logos. Mm. So I just think of it as it's not really a rebrand or reinvention. It's just removing usually a layer of yourself that shines more light onto more of your voice or more of who you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily a 180 departure from what you did before or who you were before. It's an evolution and we're just, we're removing layers, you know, hopefully for, if we're evolving in a positive direction. Yeah. And so it's a process rather than like a, a box to check. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like redream. 
what do you do about brands or people online getting feedback and like trolls and haters? What do you Mm -hmm. do about that? Or what do you tell your clients to do about that? So every situation is, is different. If it's truly just a troll Mm -hmm. that, you know, doesn't really have a legitimate, um, conversation they want to start, (laughs) then that's kind of different than if there's someone that just wants to have a tough conversation, healthy tension dialogue that is willing to share who they really are and they're not anonymous or something. So it's kind of like looking at the difference, in my opinion, with feedback with brands. I mean, every situation was truly different and bringing back that kind of human logic into it and thinking Mm -hmm. through, usually people just want to be heard. So in a corporate setting, I'm working, one of our clients was a huge hotel conglomerate. Mm -hmm. If someone would be reaching out to them, usually they just want to be heard. They don't want to look stupid and they may want to be trying to get some freebie of some sort. Mm -hmm. Now there are different types of trolls. Some people just attack characters, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of different. And it's, you decide First of all, having a human respond if it's for a company or a brand and not just a logo. Mm -hmm. So they know who's on that other end. Mm -hmm. It just makes it personal because when we know there's another human, you might say or do things differently than if Mm -hmm. you just think you're talking to a wall with a Mm -hmm. logo on it. Mm -hmm. And then there's this interest. I did some clinical research a few years ago in my time of, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. (laughs) I found this really smart guy who helped me put this study together and we, what I wanted to learn was, does what we do online, what we share, what we post, what we say, what we, how we comment impact behavior offline? And so intuitively it's like probably, but can we prove it? Mm-hmm. Because if you think about the concept of serotonin online, so quick kind of description of serotonin, meaning if you do something nice to me, you get a hit of serotonin, so do I. And so does anyone else who witnesses it. So imagine that in the physical world. That makes sense. You Mm -hmm. open the door for me. Someone sees it. They also get a little zap, but you would never know it. Mm -hmm. But when you take that concept online, it's scalable. And you can accelerate the spread of serotonin, which is fascinating because there could be, um, you know, an infinite amount of people witnessing that act that you would never even necessarily know. They may not have commented. They may not have said anything. So the same can happen with negativity, right? And I mean, it just, it's kind of like where you choose to play. Do you want to play in the back and forth? I don't. And if it's a legitimate, healthy tension conversation that I think will offer value, I'm not afraid to get into that discussion at all. Um, But just for the sake of trolling, block them. Mm-hmm. usually your audience and fans will come to your defense anyway. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that you need defense, but they'll be like, get out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Kind of yeah. like I small, mean, leave the small fights for the small fighters. Celeb. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also like managing a community to, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Manage is the wrong word, but um, mm-hmm. you know, we love our, our community so much. And so like, we just feel this deep, deep responsibility to Mm -hmm. just like show up for them every day as ourselves. But also sometimes that means that like, maybe we make mistakes and, you know, they're going to see us when we're at our best. And maybe like when we just 
don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do you, how have you navigated that as you've grown Mm -hmm. with your business and your community? Like have people like watched you learn and has it been, you know, a challenge for you? Have you dealt with that? For sure. They've witnessed uh, Mm -hmm. the journey, you know, so it's, I think that's partially the, what further kind of amplifies that connection because mm-hmm. you're human and so sharing your lessons and like all right so i did this i'm owning it and maybe you won't have to go through this because i'm can tell you what went down mm-hmm. <laughs> and what to look for and and with communities too it's easy to get what's called group think going on right where you have maybe one really strong personality yeah. in a community and um And managing that online isn't always easy. Managing in person isn't easy, right? So I think sometimes it's really helpful to take the conversation offline. Mm. If you're wanting to. I know, I always wish like mm. that really, really happens, but like sometimes I wish that we were in person so we could just like look each other in the eyes and like just feel Mm -hmm. each other instead of just like the words. Because I don't know how it sounds. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know? Yeah. You could, and even underground, so offline or direct message or right. straight or whatever. Right, people are different when they don't feel like other people are watching. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, good point. Yeah, sometimes. Really yeah, I point. completely agree. Really good point. Does everyone need to think about their brand? Like, does everyone need a personal brand in 2018? Everyone has one, mm-hmm. whether or not they realize it you know, or, or working on it as I use Mm -hmm. air quotes. Um, but like I said, it's everyone decides the ultimate brand audit is your funeral who shows up, what they say about you. Like, because as a reminder, it's the outside that decides the brand. So it's this really interesting term that literally wrote a book about it, Mm -hmm. but I feel kind of contradicting because (laughs) I've changed my view on, we can overdo it. You know, it's easy to overdo, but people do like consistency. And it's very logical that if you show up with clear, consistent themes and transcendent threads, then people will better understand quickly who you are and what you have to offer and why you do what you do. So, you know, that's marketing. So it's this like love hate kind of feeling that I know I have with this concept of personal branding, but yeah, everyone has one. Even if they're not online. Mm. And so if we start to change our lens and think about it that way, are you showing up Mm. how you want to be perceived? Yeah. And how much do you care? Because if you are unapologetically true to yourself, your tribe will find you, Mm. right? And that's actually something that has been shared with me before. Tony Shea said that at one point on, on my podcast was... That's his advice to people is you want to find your tribe, be unapologetically true to yourself and they'll show up, right? Mm -hmm. Speaking of the podcast, um, it's so good. Why not now? Um, What have you learned? Like Mm -hmm. some of your, not most favorite guests, but just Mm -hmm. like impactful that like stick out to you. Oh, I've learned so much. And I started this kind of in that season of, humility where I'm like, I just need to sit back and listen and ask questions mm-hmm. and absorb. And so it's like so amazing <laughs> to get to talk to, you know, Mark Cuban or Jessica Alba or whoever, yeah. or Tony Robbins and say, okay, tell me, teach me. Totally. 
I've found these consistent things that they all do. And having interviewed more, well, definitely more than a hundred now. Um, and then having spent the last 15, 20 years of my career working around these people, one of the things that's so fascinating, and I don't ask for the fluffy, like, give me an inspirational quote. Right. I want tactically, how did you get from idea to action? Mm. So that day when you quit your job or you got fired, Mark Cuban, how did you, what was the first thing you did to become an entrepreneur? How did you like tell me the steps that day, that minute, that hour? And one of the things they all do is when they decide they want to do something and they're still in idea phase and they're ready to green light an idea, they don't give themselves an out. They put some mechanism in place to where they can't back out. And that could be in the form of telling someone that they know will hold their feet to the fire, even mm. though they don't know how they're going to do it yet. They're just like, and it's, there's a quote, I think it's actually by Julius Caesar, but Tony Robbins says it all the time. If you want to take the island, you burn your boat. So don't give yourself a way to bail. So that could be you buy the plane ticket. You schedule the meeting with your boss. You just set up the time. If you know you need mm. to have a critical conversation with someone, just burn your boat and you'll figure out right. exactly how it's going to go down after that. But commit. And it's like a, a push over the starting line. It's really interesting, mm. but they all do it. It's, it's mm. fascinating. Wow. I love that. That's why I was... People always ask that about, um, ask us that about our podcast. And they say, what do you, what have you learned? It's so hard because we interview so, so many hard. people and we run the gamut of topics. So it's like, do you want to learn about feng shui? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want me to talk about like, your gut biome? Mm -hmm. Like there's just a lot there. What advice would you give to, this is just my last question. What advice would you give to female entrepreneurs today who are working their full-time job and have their side hustle? and dream of it becoming something. I think this this concept of side hustle is so amazing and it's so helpful because mm -hmm. you can be kind of safe, right? You can also get really comfortable with that mm -hmm. and kind of fall into this is working, why would I upset why would I rock the boat, yeah. right? So continuing to push yourself to get more uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being even more uncomfortable because there is another way. You know, I think that's, we're in this land of romanticizing entrepreneurship, which is good because we all can go out and do our own things. And you can easily, though, build your own new prison quickly, right? So just because you leave your corporate job and you're doing something, if you're not setting your intentions right and finding where that purpose, passion, and skill collide, it's pretty easy to fall into the same exact situation, if not worse, because now you have the momentum and you have perceived freedom, but then you can build something in a way that's just not sustainable, kind of like I did the first time around. So being super intentional. Mm. Yeah. Love that. It was like four different random things kind yeah, of in one. That. But yeah. I love that. What's next? What's coming up for you? What's what can next? people get excited about? So I'm working on my second book. Woo! And I just launched a program for, the first one is for women, 
to help them in that phase, that inflection point of redreaming, reinventing, rebranding, how to really build more momentum under their voice so they can Mm. build their company, do more public speaking, get bigger partnerships, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they're looking to do. And that's been really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll continue to do that. The podcast was having a blast. So, so fun. it's like being able to learn and talk to people. You you do it too. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, this isn't even... I'm still doing a lot of speaking. I'm not like super focused on the next five years or like I just want to go wake surf and yeah. get a boat. And <laughs> so fun. Where are you based? I'm in South Dakota in the Black Hills. Wow. Really? I literally live in the forest. Cool. We should come and visit. You should yeah. come. I love that. Where do you fly into South Dakota? Into Rapid City. Really? Yeah. It's, wow. It's kind of crazy. It was it was part of this, I need to go get quiet. And yes. I, some days I see more animals than I see people. Cool. Wow. That's amazing. But there's also like now some, we don't have like the best green juicer or anything. It's okay. but, but it's, I'm yeah, sure come you can visit. get a juicer. <laughs> I do have yeah. a juicer. Yeah. What has that done for you being in nature? Oh, it's, it's allowed me to get quiet and like I joke, but intuition, if someone would have said five years ago, what's your gut say? I'd be like rolling my eyes saying, should we get out a magic eight ball? What do, what do you mean? Yeah. Like we either make things happen, super yeah. black and white analytical. It's been huge. I had to remove a lot of the outside noise. I think having lived in bigger cities and, and when I flew in a couple of days ago to LA and I travel a lot, so it's not like I've never right. been in my mm-hmm. city, but it took me about 24 hours to calibrate. Yeah, I can I mean, the, the, just the noises and the energy. Whoa. Like, everybody's on a different frequency. I don't know if I can hang out. I, I'm, it Whoa. was crazy. Um, but now I'm like, I'm okay. I'm going to be good. So I am going back to New York, like, after living there. like. Yeah. But I can imagine like LA would be super stimulating. Yeah. But like for me, LA is like chill. <laughs> yeah. And the traffic is it's you know, crazy. too real. It's too real. I do still dream. I mean, I that's a night I like I dream about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just being in like a not a cabin in the woods, because that's a scary movie, but that's you know. like where we have a cabin in the woods. Yeah. So cool. Just being yeah. There's something um Magical that silence about is nature. insane. Mm-hmm. It is. It's insane. And being able to and see no light the stars. pollution. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like, nice. what? And animals. And like they've become yes. such a big teacher to me. Oh. Yeah. And I, I thought someone said, you're going to move from San Diego to South Dakota. That's career suicide. And I knew I was doing it anyway. Thank goodness. But I realized that you know, the farmer down the road could be teaching me the biggest lesson mm-hmm. I ever needed instead of the mm-hmm. bil- billionaire in big mm-hmm. city XYZ. So we just have to, yeah. Wow. I was a little nervous to tell people for a while because I was like, am I not? That's a cool thing. Yeah, there's as, a shift happening. Yeah. There are some amazing entrepreneurs in our nearest next town. Really? <laughs> Who are, there's wow. a female co-working space. Cool. I can go get my avocado toast and my kombucha on okay, tap. Cool. Like, like we're, we're, we're cool. That's all I need. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, like the kind of the, not the middle of the country, but like mm-hmm. just like 
I don't want to say like, oh, you need more like LA and New York vibes in the middle mm-hmm. of the country. It's just like, I think it's so underrated and the, the nature and the quiet, not that everyone needs to go there and then it not be quiet anymore, mm-hmm. but I think it's just overlooked like the beauty in it, mm-hmm. the communities, mm-hmm. what people are doing on mm-hmm. like a smaller scale, but it's still just as important because yeah, it's just mm-hmm. so interesting. The pace too. Yeah. When I walk in, get off the plane into this little regional airport, oh, which is probably the best. It's just like, you walk oh. in and you walk, like, I, I think I've said that before when I landed in Cincinnati last, the airport's actually in Kentucky. And I thought there was like a bombing because it was so dead. Yeah. Honestly, it was fucked up. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of worried. And I just like walked out. My sister picked me up in the car. I'm like, um, why isn't anyone freaking out? Like no one was like, come, keep going. You know what I mean? <laughs> Package click. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you can't park was, here. Yeah, you can't park here. I was like, oh my God, it's so nice to like, casually stroll into an airport. Yeah. We leave our car running at our little tiny grocery store when we walk in. And then um, our neighbors put a sign out the other day. They're not super close. They've got like beautiful gardens and things. And they're on vacation. They put a sign so they could let people know that they're on vacation. See, like you don't tell anyone you go on vacation here because then they're going to bring in your house. What did the sign say? It was just like, it was like on vacation. Um, <laughs> on vacation. I was like mm-hmm. out on vacation and they're like really meticulous about their property and it looking so nice. So I think that's their way of saying, get the fuck off if the some, lawn. You see some weeds, like <laughs> oh, we're oh, on vacation. Oh, so oh my don't. God, that's cute. Oh, so cute. But also like robbers come here. <laughs> I know, right? You yeah, would, never, would never do that. You would never do wow. that. Yeah. That is so Do you have cool. any like ties to South Dakota? Like, fa- like anything mm-hmm. family- I do. My family, my parents live up there. Cool. They're okay. from there. And then um little random fun fact, my great-great-grandfather was the founder of Rapid City. No way. Wow. Yeah. So the Black Hills, we're about 15, 20 minutes from Mount Rushmore. Uh-huh. And wow. uh, it's beautiful, magical area. Cool. And um, oh so we have this 100-year-old cabin that the same great-great-grandfather built and its original structure. Whoa. So we'll go hang out there by the lake and it's just special. Mm. It's really special. That seems amazing. Oh, makes me want to get a cabin. I do. Us. I would love to be in a cabin right now. <laughs> I'm really needing it. <laughs> you can come visit anytime. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Where can people- Finally, it's been like kind of a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Where can people connect with you? Uh, on social, mm-hmm. Amy Jo Martin, mm-hmm. A-M-Y-J-O-M-A-R-T-I-N, um, amyjomartin.com. The podcast I have is called Why Not Now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Yeah. He's got Thank some amazing Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so good. Um, well, this won't be the last time that we spend mm-hmm. time together. I'm excited for- Me too. The future. No, absolutely. I want to get you ladies on my show too. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be so yeah. fun. Yeah. All right. We Thank love you. you. Thank you so much. Bye, Bye guys. See you later. <laughs> Amy Jo Martin. Um, lovely. If you'd like to follow Amy Jo, you can find her on Instagram at Amy Jo Martin. Um, and her website is amyjomartin.com. Yep. And then she has the podcast, Why Not Now? And then she has the book, Renegades Write the Rules. Um, And if you'd like to visit her in the middle of South Dakota, come with us. Come with us. (laughs) We'll be there. (laughs) Do we have a... Yeah, we have a review. Pull it up, sister. I got you. I'm excited. From Angie Pettit. 
Just wanted to say how much I love your podcast. I started listening about a month ago and I binge listened to all the episodes. You guys go deep and ask the questions we want asked. And it's just amazing. There are no generic questions. You get all the answers from your guests that are just so real, which is amazing because lots of guests have done other podcasts, but I found them to be so much more interesting on your podcast. Sorry for writing a novel. I just wanted to say thank you guys for the amazing podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. That warms our heart. So really appreciate you guys writing a review and rating on iTunes. Um, that's the best way to show your support for the podcast. And mm-hmm. then you can support show your support for other women in the Almost 30 Nation community on uh, Facebook with our secret Facebook groups and the city subgroups. Mm-hmm. We have ambassadors that are going to be helping everyone meet and get all the support you need in your local community. And then on Facebook at Almost 30 Podcast, I am at 100 blog, H-U-N-D-R-E-D. D blog. D-R-E dildo. D-R-E dildo. blog. And I am at Lindsay Simsick. And if you or someone you know has been thinking about starting a podcast, there is enough space for you in the podcast world and your voice needs to be heard. And if you need help starting your podcast, we are doing a six-week program. Um, We have yourpodcastpro.com live now. So there's different options. Um, If you have already started a podcast or just getting started thinking about your idea, um, we have separate downloadables, creative workbooks, templates, things like that. But then our six-week program starts January 6th, six weeks. um, And you will be connecting with us through a video call once a week where we'll be talking about specific topics, but then answering all of your questions in addition to getting a lot of materials that will just have you on your way to bringing your idea to iTunes. And we're just really excited to work with you. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And then yourpodcastpro.com has everything else you need, like Instagram templates for stories, media kit templates. Um, There's also a guide, your podcast pro guide, which will help you if you don't want to take the course, it will give you everything you need in a shortened condensed version. Um, We have a shopping list. If you want to create a home studio, we have a finding your voice guide. So if you want to be able to find your true tone, be able to listen to yourself on the mic, that will be great for you. Um, And then we have pitch templates. So if you want to pitch brands to sponsor your podcast, we also have those too. So everything you need for podcasting is available on yourpodcastpro.com. That's Y-O-U-R podcastpro.com. Thanks for listening. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.